What's up, everyone? And you're joining me on another episode of the Music Reviewer Podcast. My name's Josh, and today, episode five is going to be over the first debut album of EOB of Radiohead fame. Now, before I get started, I just want to let everyone know that the last episode was over the newest Drake mixtape drop, um, Dark Lane Demo Tapes. Um, had a, quite a bit to say on that one, if you're interested. Go ahead and check it out. And uh, yeah, we'll get right into this EOB review. Now, the artist that we're going to be talking about today goes under the abbreviation EOB, which really just stands for the name Ed O'Brien. Ed O'Brien is the rhythmic guitarist, and he also does provide backing vocals in the band Radiohead. Now, um, from my perspective, uh, I am a huge fan of the band Radiohead, Um, like so many people (laughs) um, probably in my, uh, my age range. And with my taste of music. Now, um, I kind of got into Radiohead late in my life. I didn't discover uh, their full discography until I got to college. They also have a pretty recent release with A Moonshape Pool as well, um, which was uh, their latest album in 2016. Um, now, Radiohead is a band that um, does like to take their time between album releases, um, which would make sense for there to be um, independent acts coming from the band. Now, I was perfectly um, familiar with Radiohead's sound um, growing up through my uh, most of my life. I just uh, never really uh, took the time until one particular day um, I threw on In Rainbows, and it was uh, quite, a, quite an experience. Uh, if you have not listened to the album, I highly recommend In Rainbows. Um, as a starting point for Radiohead. Um, They do have fantastic albums all over their discography, um, such as uh, Kid A or uh, Hail to the Thief. A very admirable thing about Radiohead, actually, is that all their original members, I believe, are still in the band today, which is quite uncommon for most bands. Um, The one thing about Radiohead that usually sticks out is uh, Tom York, who's the frontman, his wailing vocals, um, his uh, unique ways of uh, writing songs and uh, layering uh, his melodies over the, you know, the music that uh, is performed uh, by these great musicians in the band Radiohead um, that Ed O'Brien happens to be a part of. Um, Tom York has released several independently uh, or not independently released, but several independent uh, albums uh, under the name Tom York. And he also collaborated with several other musicians from different bands in, uh, uh, in bands such as Adams or Peace. Tom York has really only been the only member of the band to release their own music and have some sort of relevance in today's music landscape. Um, and I would describe Tom York's music as being uh, quite... Um, quite similar to the Radiohead sound still, uh, which leads me to talk more about uh, how EOB would come into his own um, and how his sound would possibly differ from Radiohead's sound, um, which leads to bigger topics as to why would an artist uh, release their own uh, music independent from their uh, original project of which they're known for and really at that point, a band like Radiohead and their size, um, why would you need to release uh, your own music independently? Um, 
uh, if you're already in a band that has toured across the world, sold probably uh, millions of albums, and <clears throat> what I think it comes down to is um, the uh, need to create and put something out there and have your own audience independent from the fans that uh, are geared towards your other project. Um, I feel like it could be a challenge for Ed O'Brien, uh, or he is simply just looking to see, is he able to expand artistically and also, I believe, maybe commercially beyond what Radiohead uh, provides. Now, um, there are other artists that have done this before. Um, currently, I'm also uh, listening to a, a similar um a similar situation with the artist Haley Williams and releasing something outside of Paramore. While those two bands are completely different, um, I find it interesting right now that they have releases uh, quite close to each other. And I'll probably be covering Haley Williams' album soon too. Um, <clears throat> now with the EOB's debut album, Earth, um, he does go and uh, seek the help of uh, famous producers, uh, Catherine Marks and Flood. Uh, whom which produced for uh, many uh, Indian alternative rock bands such as The Killers, Bulls, Wolf Alice, Nine Inch Nails, the list goes on. Now with the acts like those, um, the producers uh, the producers can obviously um, make the sound of the album sound uh, quite accessible um, with probably knowing a much, bunch of tricks up their sleeves um, and, you know, well, did this album do that? Did this album provide uh, Ed O'Brien a a way into making his footprint in the music industry and having his music uh, known independent from Radiohead? Um, is this sound accessible? And upon first listen, um, that is really not the case, um, with the exception of maybe the debut track Shangri-La, um, which I've discovered really just by listening to um, contemporary indie radio um, in the car. So, um, and I was surprised that this was his song, um, but the album does uh, does start with the song Shangri-La. It starts with a nice groovy intro. Um, it's a track that likes to build up um, some falsetto vocals by Ed O'Brien there. Um, it has a really great chorus. This is probably actually my favorite song on this uh, album. Um, now, um, it, it, there's, um, some use of auxiliary instruments in the track as well. There's a rememberable pre-chorus. Um, it's, it's, it's a great track through and through. However, the, the rest of the album really has nothing to do with the way this song sounds. It's almost like the rest of the album is a completely different project. And it, I guess one thing that you can take away from this album is all these songs are independently their own, they really don't connect really in, in much way at all. Um, the next track, Brazil, is is such a shift of um, shift of pace. It's it starts off almost folk like um, with an acoustic guitar intro and Ed O'Brien just singing over it. Um, it's slightly Fleetwood Mac like. Now the track Brazil actually it, overall is quite long. However, it does uh, have a, a nice uh, buildup and development. Um, once that uh, acoustic guitar fold-like part ends, it does quickly shift into an, ele an electronic track. 
um, with a deep bass, uh, I guess, pulse, and then um, some nice uh, synth elements to it. Um, it ends up sounding like almost a hot chip or even a uh, M83 track. It uh, has a nice groove to it. It sounds somewhat tribal. Um, you know, it it is a shift from Shangri-La, but it it is a nice track. And up to this point, I'm still enjoying the album. Um, but uh, that once this track is ends, um, which I believe it's like an eight-minute track, it does take another... Um, drastic shift into Deep Days. Now, Deep Days is a, an interesting track because it um, it features a, I feel what, what it tries to be a, an accessible sound um, with a, a nice groove to it, um, some clear production, um, and a, a, a relaxed vibe to it. Um, there is a lot of um, elements that could remind me of Jack Johnson or even with the instrumentation on the track, uh, it reminds me a little bit of Kurt Vile, perhaps, um, with the synths and um, guitars combined in a relaxed manner. Um, and it, it, the track overall is very anticlimactic, um, which brings me into a topic of the sound of this record overall. Um, I feel like some of the songs at times are incomplete. Uh, it maybe lack. Um, a bridge, or the bridge goes to nowhere. Um, it, other than Shangri-La, I feel like most of these songs, in a conventional sense, aren't really a song. Um, let's go back to Brazil. Brazil was quite long. Um, it, it felt almost unnecessarily long, and. Uh, and then when you go to Deep Days, well, it's a lot shorter. However, it kind of is just a very repetitive in the performance of the track. It doesn't really build up to anything, um, unfortunately. And um, it happens through all, uh, all throughout the record. If we go over to the song Long Time Coming, um, now this song... Um, it has features more acoustic guitar. It's a little dreamy and spacey. It reminds me a little bit of that one Leb Zeppelin song, I think called Over the Hills and Through the Trees. Um, and it, I am enjoying it. Um, but as the song develops, it shifts into a uh, change of character and it simply just ends. It leaves me wanting much more. Um, now the, the song, uh, here, a uh, long time coming. It does actually bring uh, another big topic of this album, which the obvious uh, similarities to Radiohead. Um, this is where this album has the obvious uh, Ed O'Brien influence um, that you see in Radiohead's music. Um, uh, for example, the song Bangsters sounds like it came straight from In Rainbows or Kid A. Um, it is one of the more interesting um, tracks on the album. Um, it has a nice little refrain uh, saying, where did all the money go? Um, there's some bright synth loop features in it. Um, overall, I didn't really uh, care for the track too much, but it was better than, um, you know, the two songs between their long time coming and mass. Um, and then we have a little bit more of this uh, that um, 
where I'd say, wow, this sounds a lot like Radiohood and the song Olympic. It's a really groovy track. The bass and drums are tightly played to uh, play together. It sounds like the first track on In Rainbows, actually. Um, it ends up building up and it kind of overstays its welcome. It ends up um, turning into this jam-like song where the band just keeps on going and going and they're playing over this one guitar idea um, that ends up sounding a little bit like Foles or U2 and um, it kind of just feels a little underdeveloped. It, it, it just keeps on going and, it, and it's kind of like the track Brazil where it's just like, okay, this was a cool song, but why did it need to go on unnecessarily? Um, it's just something I didn't really, didn't really sit well with me, um, for the, you know, duration of this album. Um, and then it ends on a track called Cloak of the Night, which is a nice little folk-like song, uh, featuring, um, an artist from, uh, the UK, a female that, uh, sings a, uh, a track with Ed O'Brien where they're harmonizing with each other. Uh, it's a short song, and again, it's underdeveloped. It doesn't feel like it was, you know, a full song. Um, now, uh, say what you will. Um, if you really enjoyed this album, I, I could see it. Maybe it's a concept album. Um, to me, it just feels like it lacks any focus. The album just has uh, a little too much inconsistencies for me. Um, there are some highs, um, like Brazil and Shangri-La. Um, I'd even say Olympic uh, gets to me a little bit at times. Um, but overall, I didn't know what this album was trying to do, whether it was just trying to be a little too um, artistic to separate itself from any conventional songwriting norms or whether this was something to be, to be uh, looked at as a concept album, which maybe, but I don't really see it, unfortunately. Um, I was just expecting a lot more from this album, especially from a, an artist that uh, I, I really do respect and uh, I, I do uh, care a lot about uh, a lot of the discography of Radiohead. Um, overall, this album is probably a 4 out of 10 for me. Um, give it a shot if you're interested. Um, if you're looking to hear anything um, better than something from the Radiohead's discography, I'd say you're probably going to be a little bit disappointed. Um, but yeah, that'll be, that's all that concludes my thoughts on the album. Um, thanks for stopping by on this episode of the music reviewer. I'll probably be covering a lot more music soon and uh, we'll see you later.